Wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-sized guide that could help you sleep, focus, act, or be better? Well, there is. And if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. I know because it's definitely helped me too. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is the only meditation app advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace can really help you feel better. If you're overwhelmed, Headspace has three-minute SOS meditations for you. Need some help falling asleep? They can help you with wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has stuff that you could do with your kids too. And their approach to mindfulness can help you reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Like I said, I use Headspace as well. I used to use it back in the day, then I got off of it for a while to use another tool. But then, honestly, I came back to it, and it's even better. The voicing, the meditation, it definitely, even just with five minutes a day, it really changes everything for me. It's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Incredible. So you deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. So go to headspace.com slash SPI. That's headspace.com slash SPI for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash SPI today. This is the Smart Passive Income Podcast with Pat Flynn, session number 26. Can I get a... Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, he uses a bamboo cutting board as a mouse pad, Pat Flynn. Hey, everybody, what's up? And welcome to the 26th session of the SPI Podcast. I hope all is well. I'm feeling good today, and I hope you are too. A few quick and important announcements before we get right into the content. First, and I've mentioned this on the blog already, I am super stoked to be speaking at a couple of events over the next month. I was kindly invited to speak at the Financial Bloggers Conference in Chicago at the end of September, and to be honest, this will be my first speaking event uh, and as comfortable as I am behind the microphone here on the podcast, I I am a little bit nervous. And you know that that said, I am really glad that I decided to do these podcasts unedited, uh, of course, except when inserting interviews and doing intros and things like that, because I know I've improved since I first started. And when I record my podcasts, I imagine I'm speaking to a friend, and I'll do the exact same thing live, except it'll be to a bunch of friends at the same time. I picked up a book uh, called Stand and Deliver. It's a Dale Carnegie book. Uh, I don't know if you know who that is, one of the best, greatest speakers of all time. And it's really helped me shape my presentation and how I'll be approaching the entire event. So hopefully it'll go well. One takeaway I can give you, uh, something that I learned from this book uh, and some other sources too about public speaking. And this may sound kind of obvious, but... Uh, it is to make sure you know what you're talking about. And if you can do that, anything you do will be as easy as pie. And luckily, I'll be talking about something I feel I know a lot about and something that's a big passion of mine, uh, blogging. So I shouldn't have any trouble, hopefully. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I also put in a proposal to speak at Blog World Expo in LA in November, and it was accepted. I'm so, I'm this, I mean, this is, Super cool because uh, I'll be speaking on the monetization track at the largest blogging conference in the world. And I'm extremely happy because 
speaking at Blog World this year was actually one of my goals that I outlined at the beginning of this year. So thanks to all of you for your support. And if you will be there, I would love to meet you. Just please come up to me and say hi. I, I cannot wait to meet all of you who will be there in L.A. with me. And lastly, there is this thing called the Podcast Awards. And I don't know if you knew if you know about this. I didn't know about it until recently, until I got a bunch of emails from Smart Passive Income fans saying they voted for the SPI podcast, uh, which is awesome. And apparently this is a huge deal. Last year, over 1 million people, uh, 1 million people came to the voting site last year, and winners could get some major exposure. So if you're up to it, you know, I'm not forcing you to do this, but if you're up to it, I would love to have your vote. Of course, only if you feel the podcast deserves to win. And you can mention the podcast in the business section and the people's choice category uh, at podcastawards.com. Again, the people's choice and business category at podcastawards.com. And if you do vote, please let me know. Send me a message on Facebook, uh, Pat on Facebook.com, because I want to thank you personally for your support. It would be so awesome to win since the awards are being held at Blog World Expo this year. As I just mentioned, I'll be speaking at that, so it would be perfect. If I don't win, you know, that's totally fine. There are a ton of other great podcasts out there that deserve recognition. And already I feel like a winner because a lot of you have already voted and nominated me. So thank you. Again, that's podcastawards.com. Okay, so that's enough for announcements. Let's get right into the content. Uh, Today we're going to talk about two types of relationships that you need to build online in order to build a successful online presence. Whether you want a popular blog, a thriving business, more customers, and ultimately more income. And the first one I want to talk about, uh, actually the first thing I want to talk about is why relationships in general are important. Uh, especially online. To illustrate the importance of relationships online, let's actually look at relationships in our lives offline. Now you might be like, but Pat, online is totally different than offline. What's the point? Well, the point is, yes, they are different, but to me, they, they shouldn't be different. Why should the fact that we're doing business online make doing business different uh, in respect to relationships to people if we're doing business offline, like in a brick and mortar store? So, of course, doing business online gives us the capability to do wonderful things like have our stores open 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, uh, even on holidays, to anyone and everyone who has access to a computer. I mean, that's amazing. And it also gives us the ability to target people using keywords and advertising and things like this so we can get in front of people who are looking for the information that we have to provide much easier than ever before in, in the history of time. But You know, that doesn't change the fact that no matter the method or medium for doing business, business is all about relationships. And I'm, as I'm sure you know, being in a good relationship, you know, in in real life with your family or a significant other, that, that can make you feel like you're on top of the world, like everything in your life is perfect. And on the flip side, you know, bad relationships can, well, you know, ruin your day. Uh, you know, the same goes online. Actually, let me scratch that. Those things that are magnified online, especially now with social media and everyone sharing anything and everything about their lives, including where they shop, who they read, and what they purchased. If someone has a great experience, they're going to share it. And I, I know I do when I have a great experience with a company or something that I've done. I share that on Facebook. Uh, and because of the relationships that people have with their friends online, they influence the decisions 
that their friends make. If they have a bad experience, which, as you probably know, more people are likely to share than good experiences, then that influence still plays a major role uh, as far as what their friends end up doing because of what they read uh, from whatever their friends have uh, done with companies or whatever they read or anything like that. So I, I know, for example, I've not seen a movie or two because of the bad reviews that my friends have left. I don't want to waste my money on something that you know a lot of the friends uh, I have said it's just not worth it. Anyways, going back to the importance of relationships uh, offline, a life without relationships, um, and, and by relationships I don't mean a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a wife or husband, although that is a part of it. What I mean by relationships is simply contact or interaction and, and befriending of others. A life without that isn't really much of a life at all. I mean, is it? At least I know for, uh, you know, at least how I feel and how most people feel, uh, that they feel feel that that's the case although of course there are those people out there who can do perfectly well on their own without any interaction with other people at all and that's that's totally cool but online you know it's the same way i mean in order to build a successful brand and give life to what you're trying to do online you've got to build relationships too the contact the interaction again the befriending of others is what will take your business somewhere many bloggers have talked about this before the importance of not feeling like you're the only one or the idea that you shouldn't try and do all this on your own. A lot of people have talked about this before and I can tell you from my own experience that the relationships I have made with people online have had a direct effect on my success. Now you might remember that I mentioned that there are two types of relationships you should try to build in order to succeed online and I'll go over those two types right now. First is the relationship between you and your audience. And the second one is actually the, the relationship between you and the other people in your space. They are each important for different reasons, and I'll go over how to go about building these relationships and why and how they can help what you're doing online. The first one is a little bit more obvious than the second, of course, the relationship you have with your audience. We should all strive to build a good relationship between ourselves and those who are reading our blogs or who are visiting our websites or who are buying our, our uh, products. You know, basically... All those people who are viewing our brand as a consumer. There are a few things we can do, uh, well, that sort of automatically create these relationships as we do our business online. Primarily, we just have to be personable. And here's a question to think about. When your audience, when your audience comes to you or asks you a question, are they asking your company a website or are they asking you, uh, you know, using your name? Are they are they asking you or are they asking your company. If they are asking you, then you're on the right track. You know, you're becoming personable. And the thing is, people develop relationships with other people. Period. People develop relationships with other people. Uh, well, maybe you can maybe robots too, I guess. But even still, the robots that you see. I can't believe I'm talking about robots right now, but you know, on TV and in the movies, you see robots and people befriending them. Well, those robots have personality. They are human-like, like a person that they can relate to, which is why people develop relationships with them and become friends, like uh, Johnny Five. I don't know if all of you know who Johnny Five is, or, or Wally, the Disney robot character. You know, we all feel for that robot. Okay, I'm I'm getting way off the topic here, but I think. You're getting my point. If you're just a website with some information on it and has no personality, you're not going to do as well 
You know, does this mean you have to reveal personal information about yourself on your site? No, I mean, not at all. Although, you know, the more you share, the more people will be interested in it and and be able to connect with you like your real person. You know, just be careful and use common sense. You know, what would you want to know about someone who you might be potentially following or might buy something from online? And you could have fun with it too, like I do in the intros of my podcast. And I know that those little tidbits about myself help you and I you and I connect a little bit more so you could know me, you know, just a little bit more as, as a real person rather than just some voice spitting out information on this podcast. Now, of course, relationships aren't everything. You know, it's just, it's just a part of the overall scheme of things, but we all know how important content is and user experience, so I don't want you to forget about those things. And you can try to develop relationships with your audience online, but what's, what's really going to skyrocket your brand is if you have that report plus killer content and user experience with your brand. There's nothing that can stop you if you have those three things working with you. The relationships you have with your audience, the killer content that you have that you give to them, and the user experience or the experience that uh, people have when they're on your site or they are experiencing your brand. Um, You know, really though, just love your readers. Love, 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 love your readers. They each have the choice to read whatever they want, to visit whatever website in the world that they have access to, but they choose to spend time and read you. So you've got to make sure you make them feel special and somehow thank them for choosing you over over others. And this is something I live by, you know, loving your readers, because I know that you, you the listener, don't have to listen to this podcast. You choose to do that. You don't have to read the Smart Passive Income blog, but you choose to do that. Uh, And I want to make sure it's all worth your while. So in order to love your readers, this is for those of you who have web properties and who who have an audience, excuse me, in order to love your readers, do the following. First, first and foremost, just, just give them what they want. Not what you want, give them what they want. Many bloggers, including myself at times, and this was me especially when I first started out, You know, we write for ourselves, we write for our computer screens, or we write for search engines rather than our audience. Definitely write for your audience because if you do that, the search engines will do their own thing and reward you in the future because they want to be human. Like search engines are trying their hardest. You know, Google's doing these algorithm updates to try and become as human-like as possible. And the more you can write for an audience and, again, increase the uh, the value that you have in your content and the user experience people have on your site, the better you will rank in Google. So, I mean, just, you know, immediately just focus on your audience and what your content means to them. Give them what they want. So this means understanding first who your, who your audience is and what their wants, needs, and desires are. And if you don't know that, uh, you know, you have a bit of research to do. Uh, to find out, you can just simply ask or, or listen or, or, or find out, you know, sort of what other sites who are similar to yours are doing to meet the wants, needs, and desires of, of your audience. Uh, and the second thing is, and I've touched on this before, is just provide unique content. This is a given. And, and, and even though today, you know, uh, as far as unique content is concerned, it's, it's hard to be 100% unique. Uh, you know, there's only so much we can make up on our own. And a lot of it is is... is repurposing or being inspired by others and putting our own voice to it. But you can be 100% unique in the way you deliver what is being said. Again, no one is like you. 
nobody is like you. So if you could put some of your personality into it and some of your own voice and your delivery, then it'll automatically be that much more unique and stand out from the crowd. The second thing you should do, uh, in addition to just giving them what they want, is to reciprocate. So when someone does something for you, you should at least try to do something, uh, you know, do your best to do something in return for them. So for example, if someone leaves a comment, you know, you can reply back. That little gesture can go a very, very long way. And I know it's impossible to respond to each and every comment, but if someone leaves a fantastic, wonderful, and awesome comment that just totally adds value to the post that you just wrote, reciprocate and reply. You know, it doesn't take that long. And I know a few bloggers who have told me straight up that they just don't read the comments that their readers make on their posts. I mean, so much for caring for your readers, right? I mean, another example comes in the form of an acronym. This is another example of reciprocating. R-A-O-K. I don't, that, I can't really say that. R-A-O-K. R-A-O-K. I'll just say R-A-O-K. That acronym stands for Random Acts of Kindness. Sometimes uh, a reader of yours will perform an R-A-O-K towards you or your business, whether it's something like a donation or a blog post mention or a retweet or a share on Facebook or something like that. It could be anything, really. Something out of the ordinary that just surprises you, a random act of kindness. When that happens, you should do something in return. I mean, it doesn't even have to take that long, but that acknowledgement that you know that this person did this you know, random act of kindness for you can go a very, very, very long way and can lead to more random acts of kindness, not only from just that person, but from other people who, who are witnessing that happen and witnessing you acknowledge that happen. Uh, it, this, this will help your business grow without you even having, having to do anything in the long run because the people who you obviously care about are doing it all for you. It's great. Now, on the flip side, you can really make a difference as well by performing your own RAOKs. And when they're out of the blue, it could just really create lifelong fans for you. One thing I like to do is read some articles from some of the people who comment on Smart Passive Income Blog and then feature the best ones that I read in a post without even telling them. Um, other times, I'll just randomly email a commenter and thank them for their comment. Uh, you know, not automatically with a plugin. I know there's plugins that can automatically do that. Uh, but with a real email for myself. And, you know, those little small gestures can really go a long way. I know for me, when someone does something like that, for me, it implants a little seed in my head that this person really cares and I will do whatever I can to support this person in the future. And lastly, and this is huge for me and my, my way of loving my readers, is to just simply skip the sales pitch and just be real. You know, if you know the Smart Passive Income blog and you've been a part of my brand for a while, you know that I don't do any sales pitches and I always like to keep it real. You know, as my buddy Corbett Barr from thinktraffic.net likes to say, the best sales pitch ever is no sales pitch at all. I love that quote. The best sales pitch ever is no sales pitch at all. And I think that's why Corbett and I are just such good friends. You know, don't sell, make recommendations, don't hype but reveal what will really happen. Now, don't try to make money from people. Give as much high-value information as possible and have them want to pay you back in return. Those are three things 
you know, that I, that I, I, I just live by and love and have always paid me back. So I'll go over them one more time for you. One, don't sell, make recommendations. Two, don't hype, but reveal what really will happen. And three, don't try to make money from people. Give as much high value information as possible and have them want to pay you back in return. If you love your readers to death and build strong bonds with them, when you do eventually come out with your own product or course or you you do recommend a product as an affiliate, there will be no convincing necessary because they will already know exactly who you are and what you can provide for them. So that's the first kind of relationship you need to have, and that's, again, the relationship you have with your audience or your customers or your, your subscribers. Now, the second kind of relationship you need uh, that goes beyond that is a relationship you have with your peers or those who are doing things similar to you. Some people might call this networking, and yes, that's exactly what it is, but to be honest, I'm not a big fan of that word. I'm not a big fan of the word networking because I, you know, networking is just so business related like there's some sort of self-propelled hidden agenda involved with reaching out and meeting people and i think i think it should be about creating relationships first and real friendships that as a result or a bonus of doing that can help our businesses not the other way around the thing is it's it's not always easy to develop these kinds of relationships because one it can be hard to find these people obviously two when we do find them, we might feel like they're our competitors. So why would we want to develop relationships with them in the first place? That's something that's very common. Uh, number three, it can be utterly intimidating. And four, uh, we might not understand the point of building these relationships. And to help us understand this point, I'm going to reference a blog post that my good friend Glenn Alsop from ViperChill.com, again, he was also a guest on the SPI podcast, I think it was session number three, way in the early days of the podcast back in 2010, uh, he wrote a post entitled, The Secret to Growing Your Blog Twice as Fast with Half the Effort. Uh, I'll have a link on the show notes, um, smartpassiveincome.com slash session 26 for the show notes. In this post, Glenn outlines the importance of finding a blogging buddy or a blogging duo, someone in your industry who you can work with to help each other out and take both of your blogs to the next level. Now, quite coincidentally, he mentions the duo from the personal finance niche, two people who I will hopefully have the pleasure of meeting in a couple of weeks at the Financial Bloggers Conference, J.D. Roth from GetRichSlowly.org and Trent from TheSimpleDollar.com. Uh, both of these sites I used to read actually while uh, while at work when I still had my architectural job. Now, both of them, JD and Trent, started their blogs at the exact same time. Uh, you know, both in 2006, uh, they mentioned each other in several posts. They have both grown at the exact same rate, and now both have over a hundred a hundred thousand subscribers, and they each have their own published books too. Uh, Glenn mentions that they may or may not have strategically formed this alliance on purpose, but it sort of just happened and they both helped each other out and they both have grown as a result of both of them helping each other out. And to me, having a blogging duo is a fantastic idea. Uh, but I like to, the idea of having a group of friends, you know, more than just one other person in the same space who share the same values as I do, who I can bounce ideas off of, who I can help if they ever need it, who, who can help me if, if I ever need help. Um, in other words, you know, a sort of mastermind group. 
And I want to talk about mastermind groups in a second because they played a huge role in my success. Uh, that there are different kinds of mastermind groups. Uh, there's the informal one, sort of like what just JD and Trent had, where they just sort of help each other out uh, every now and then, and you know, grow organically. But there's the formal kind of mastermind group, which I've talked about on the blog before, where there are scheduled meetings and hot seats where one person out of the entire group may share something that they are doing that the others in the group can benefit from. And then also he or she may ask for help that the group can collectively uh, share their advice for. Um, You know, I love, absolutely love mastermind groups. They help me focus. They help me stay accountable for my actions. And they teach me things I would have never found out on my own, uh, things that uh, are based on other people's actual real-life experiences that they're using in their own businesses. And they are a source of inspiration for me, and, and they're a great source of uh, you know, creating friends and relationships, which as a bonus, you know, like I said before, help my business get to the next level. Now, I encourage all of you who really want to succeed to look at becoming a part of some sort of mastermind group. And this concept isn't new. It's, it's, it's something that the great author Napoleon Hill wrote about in Think and Grow Rich. And when you, when you think about it, you know, there was probably mastermind groups throughout history, you know, millions of instances of mastermind groups throughout history, people who share a common interest, who all get together to learn from each other and collectively achieve their goals from cavemen going on a hunt to, uh, to entrepreneurs planning their next million-dollar venture. Now, I'm currently in three mastermind groups. That's how much I love them. I'm in three of them. Two of them meet for an hour each week, and the other is just more of an informal type of group uh, where we can, all, we can all use each other as a resource if any of us need help on something, which is, which is helpful as well. Uh, I used to be in another one that actually met in person here in San Diego, but that split up because of, uh, people moved out. Uh, and the formal groups that I'm currently a part of meet uh, via Skype or over the phone. And you can become a part of or set up a group, uh, a mastermind group, with people from all around the world. You don't need to meet in person or be in the same location. Skype and go to meeting or even just a conference call using a resource like freeconferencecall.com. Totally free. You can even record the calls on freeconferencecall.com. So definitely check that out. You don't have to be in the same same spot and you, you can meet however often you wish. Uh, just It depends on the group. Now, if there was more time in the day and more days in the week, I would love to join even more mastermind groups. They are that valued uh that valuable to me and i'll tell you why in one of my mastermind groups for example back in uh, this was back in 2008 a member of the same group i was in suggested that i write an ebook for this website i had that was uh that i had that was teaching people how to pass the elite exam i've talked about this story before plenty of times and most of you know what happened well I was talked into writing this ebook. I was given some tips about how to go about uh, formatting it and selling it. And in the first month, made nearly $8,000 because of that advice. Amazing, life-changing advice coming out of this mastermind group. And much more money came as a result of that advice uh, as time went on. And the same group suggested I uh, create an audio guide to go along with it. After we got back together, I told them about how successful the ebook was. They suggested that I do an audio guide. And that nearly doubled my income once it was produced I owe so much to mastermind groups, which is why you will always hear me talk up a storm about them. So the question is, how do you get into a mastermind group or how do you find them? And the best and easiest way is to just simply ask around 
more likely than not, you'll probably have people say no or you know they don't know what it is or they're not part of one. But you may never know who may be part of these kinds of things. And if you ask and they do say no, and if there are people who you might feel like would be a good uh, person to be in a mastermind group with, you can just follow up by seeing if they'd be interested in joining one with you. And you can just start your own from there. A lot of groups start on their own. Uh, I mean, obviously, they've got to start somewhere, right? Uh, some are invite only, and there there are a few. There are actually a few websites out there. You can look them up on Google. Just look up how to find a mastermind group, or, or uh, uh, in Google, you, you'll find a few kind of resources that may or may not fit your particular industry. Uh, Meetup.com is another place you can go to, which you can actually look for actual uh, groups of people who meet in your area live in person, which is which is fantastic. And I'll talk more about that in a second. Uh, you know, maybe there's forums in your respective niche that you can go to to see if other people are interested in having a weekly kind of mastermind call with you. Sometimes if you're a major player and you get on other people's radars, you can get an invite, which is what happened to me for one of mine. The other group that I have, uh, you know, we just started, we just started it on our own. So check it out. Try to get involved as much as you can. Uh, you can learn a ton of stuff from people while giving back uh, with some of your own experiences at the same time. Now, besides mastermind groups and blogging duos, you can more easily develop relationships with other people in your space by just using the tools that you already have. You could use your own website, your own blog, and sometimes it's as easy as just mentioning an individual or another blog a few times in a post here and there. And what happens is because you mention or link to them, they'll get notified through a trackback or a Google alert if they have that set up. And if you say good things about them or you help them out in some way, it sort of becomes like that random act of kindness that I talked about earlier. And they could take notice of that and reach out back to you and maybe link back to your blog or and reciprocate or find you on Twitter and Facebook and strike up a conversation which could lead to uh, you know, who knows what awesome things, maybe potential JV partnerships or uh, joint venture partnerships. Um, you know, you could also take it a step further and leave a valuable comment on a colleague's blog. And I've gotten to know several people in my niche through comments made on the Smart Passive Income, blog, uh, Smart Passive Income blog, several people who are now my good friends and I've linked to them several times and chat with them on Skype. It's It's amazing what a standout comment can really do. It's sort of just it sort of just opens up lines of communication, which is important. And same principles can be used on Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn, you know, making sure to tag people who you feel are good potential colleagues in your niche. Uh, and, and notice how I say colleagues instead of competitors. You know, personally, I feel it's it's dangerous to think of people who are in the same space as us as competitors because immediately that, you know, just using that word competitors and, 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 and visualizing them as someone who you're competing against, that sort of just breaks up the potential bond that we can have with other brands, which could end up helping both brands on the long run. And it's better to be someone's friend than be someone's enemy, in my opinion. You know, work work together, not against each other. That's what I like to say. So probably the best way, really, to connect with people in your space is to meet them in person. There's nothing like meeting someone in person. Uh, and there's no better place to do that than at a conference or some sort of gathering or a convention where people in your industry all get together since many of those people will be there for the purposes of networking and building new relationships that will help hopefully take their business uh, businesses to the next level just like you want to. For the upcoming Financial Bloggers Conference, I'm sure a lot of these people in the financial blogging space will be doing just that. 
Uh, just this is just like how I became good friends with several people last year at Blog World Expo in in Las Vegas in 2010. One of those people being Corbett Barr. That's where I met Corbett at Blog World, and uh, you've heard me mention him several times on the blog as a special guest in two of the podcasts, also, and even earlier in this session, I mentioned his name. In person, you can really get to know someone for who they really are. So do what you can to meet as many people as possible, uh, if possible, of course. If you are truly serious about what you're doing online, this should be a no-brainer for you. And you will try, you'll really try to go that extra step to meet people in your industry. And it'll, it'll be something that, for most of us, is out of our comfort zone. But it's just putting yourself out there, putting yourself in uncomfortable situations. And I like to say, if you're doing business and, and you're always comfortable, you're not going to the next level. You're not taking bold actions, stepping out of your, uh, out of your box and, and doing things that'll take you to the next level. And check this out. If you don't think there's a conference or a convention or gathering that you could potentially go to for your particular niche, you might be interested to know that I found a conference for sock knitters, people who knit socks. It's called the Sock Summit, and it's held in Portland. And uh, so there's got to be one for what you're doing, right? You could, you could probably do a, a quick Google search for any type of conference or convention for what you do online, and you're more than likely to find something. So to reiterate, with all these things we do online, it all comes down to relationships. Even the content you write, the videos you produce, any podcasts that you record, and even the very ideas that you have in your head right now, it all eventually leads to the people. Not search engines, not for you, but it's for other people. And those things should enhance the relationships that you have with those people because those people are what can make or break your blog or your business and also your bottom line. And remember, and I've said this earlier in the podcast, nobody is like you. So you, you know, all of us, we have the crazy ability to create a unique relationship with anybody, unlike anyone else can. So go out there, make some friends, and together make the internet a better place and keep it real. That, that's all I got to say. So we're about a half hour in and that's all I got. So thank you for all your support. And again, please check out podcastawards.com and vote for the SPI podcast if you feel it deserves recognition. Thank you so much. Uh, the show notes can be found at smartpassiveincome.com slash session 26. And if you're listening to this particular episode, let me know what you think. Head on over to patonfacebook.com, which will redirect you to my Facebook page. And just, just say hi. Say what's up. And I want to say hi back to you. So take care. All the best to you. Have a good one. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI, and today I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast. Yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point, so I love that we're just facing it head on here. And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray, and in it they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, 
setbacks, and flat-out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure and it always finds a bright side. I really love it and I think you will too. So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it. 